Good morning. Do we believe what we just sang? He lives. The last verse, rejoice, rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice and sing. That's why we're gathered here this morning. Does that make you excited? And then the ending with that song, my Jesus, I love thee. And thinking ahead to that day in mansions of glory. I trust that we worshiped as we sang those words this morning. I bring greetings in the name of Jesus, and I am excited to be here this morning. My question to start off this morning is what did you learn this week? If somebody came up to you, hopefully you were asked that this morning already. What did you learn this week? What was God showing you? Would you have an answer? Coming out of a week of revivals, uh, a little over a week ago, that was a very good week for me. Dave did such a good job of presenting truth, and I, I don't know about you, but I saw a theme going through the week, and that was relationships, reaching out to others, our families, dads. We got a, some inspiration from that week. Others in the church, how are we going to reach out? And as I was thinking through all of that, and with what I was facing this week, I got home from our activities on Friday, and my wife had put a note in our bathroom that was Matthew 11. And turn with me there. Matthew 11:28 is what I would like to preface the message with this morning. A common verse. We probably know it by memory. Something different. Why don't we all stand up? And I would like you to say the verse with me as we recite it. So stand up. Matthew 11. We're going to say verse 28 to 30. Join me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You may be seated. And I'm not going to dig into the verses here this morning. About a year ago, Ray shared a message on, the, on these verses. So find that message and... Listen to that again. But here we have Jesus calling. If you're burdened, if you're laboring, if you're heavy laden, I'm going to give you rest. But when you come unto me, my word this morning is in verse 29. And sometimes we associate this word with school. So Tristan, you're going to have to learn again this morning. I have Tristan in my math class at school, and we do a lot of learning throughout the week. But verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Do you learn? Or is that just in school? You graduated, check that off the list, learning is done. Or do you like to learn? As we go through life, I think all of us would uh, 
agree that we are learning. We learn a lot of things as we go through life. And here, Jesus is saying, when you come to me, I want you to learn of me. Because I'm meek, I'm lowly. You're going to find rest. But learning, this learning process will never end. Turn with me now back to Isaiah 55. I'm going to be flipping to a couple different passages this morning. Isaiah 55, and I would like to take the time to read through it. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in, fa in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold I, behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that knowest not, and nations that knew thee not shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy, thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy on, upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not hither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. It shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy. And be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you in singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name. For an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. What do we see here in the context of this chapter? Are two words that, are two verses I should say, that we no. Verse 8 and 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. This points to the fact that we should be continually learning. Sometimes we might get to the place with what we know about the Bible. Oh, I, I know about Jesus. I know about the Bible. And we get to this feeling of we've maybe attained. At least I do. I, I know about it. I agree, I don't know everything, but I know enough to get by. But this fact, my thoughts are not your thoughts, shows that you cannot put God in a box. We are never going to get to the place where we fully understand Him and what He has in store for us. That then should inspire us to a life of learning. Learning all the time. Continually learning. And when we learn, it inspires us. 
That's what pushes us on to do other things, to change or do something different. This week I was researching or looking into routines and what helps routines, and I found that there are some people who wear the same outfit every day, especially leaders in charge of big organizations. They get up in the morning, they have their routine, and they have the same outfit that they put on every day. I was like, ha, that's a good idea. My fellow uh, lady teachers did not think that was such a good idea. But the reason they did that was then they didn't have to think. They didn't have to make a decision about what they were going to wear that day. Okay? That kind of inspired me. It wanted me to try it. I had one less decision to make for the day. You see, when we learn something, it inspires us to change something about ourselves or what we do. Or we might hear from a friend about a new coffee machine that we want to try out. It inspires us to go get it and give it a try. When we learn things, it inspires. That's why a life of learning is needed. Because it inspires us to pursue other things. Along with that, when we sit down and talk to somebody, when we learn what they're facing, what they're going through, it gives us context it inspires us to know how to pray, how to help them. When we learn, it inspires. And if we aren't learning, or if we don't want to learn, what are we doing? We're plotting. Just going through the motions. Yeah, just another day. That's not a good place to be. So when we're learning, it's inspiring us to change. And we have opportunities to learn all the time. Every day, we have opportunities to learn. How do we respond to those things? Are we learning? Can we learn from the menial, mundane tasks of day-to-day -day living? Is there anything to learn from that? Yeah, every day you learn something new, they say, right? How do we respond to that? This morning, I want us to take the time to learn because we have a busy life that distracts us and Satan wants us just to continue in the motions, not learning as we go. So this morning I've entitled the message, A Learning Spirit. And as we think about learning, we're going to look at four things, examples from the Bible that are qualifications or descriptions of a person who is learning. A learning spirit. Do you want to be a learner or do you want to be a plotter just going through the motions? Come with me. Let's learn. First of all, a learner doesn't know it all. Hmm. No, you don't know it all. Katora is in the asking stage. I said this already. Sometimes I just tell her, yep, I don't know. You're going to have to ask God one day. That's a learner. We don't know it all. Turn with me back to 1 Kings 3. We're going to look at Solomon for this example. 1 Kings chapter 3. A learner doesn't know it all. So a little context here. David is king. He's at the end of his life. The first king starts off. He's old and stricken in years. Adonijah, his son, wants to claim the throne. And he takes some bold actions to do so. Nathan the prophet speaks up and says, Whoa, whoa, Solomon is supposed to be king. So he calls David to action in chapter 1, and Solomon is appointed king. Solomon takes over. Now, he is taking over a, a nation that is at the top of the countries around. 
David was a man after God's own heart. He had pursued God. He had led the, the nation of Israel well. So the nation of Israel was at its, close to its peak. This was a big nation, and now Solomon was tasked with the responsibility of leading it. And you might know where I'm going, but we're going to go to chapter 3, 1 Kings chapter 3. And we have here Solomon made an uh, allegiance with Pharaoh. And then he goes to Gibeon to sacrifice. And we're going to jump in at verse 5. You can follow after as I read. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask, and I'm going to give it to you. And Solomon said, thou hast showed unto me, thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or to come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this Thy so great a people. And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. We know this. God comes to Solomon in a dream and says, Hey, ask and I'm going to give it to you. And he asked for wisdom. Out of all the things he could have asked for, this pleased the Lord. But a phrase I want to take out of there in verse 7 is Solomon's response to God. What does he say? I am but a little child. I don't know. I don't know how to perform this responsibility that is before me. Here is a key to the attitude of a learner. And that is recognizing we don't got it all under control. We don't know everything. We like to think we're right most of the time. But sometimes we're wrong. And if we can recognize that, that puts us in the trajectory of a learning spirit. We don't know it all. When a child asks why, hey, there's some things in life we don't know. We don't need to have the solution to all the problems. And guys, if you're like me, I like to have solutions. I like to figure out. I don't always need to do that. And as you look at the life of Solomon, we could spend time and looking at his reign, he became the wisest man who ever lived. God granted him that. And because of his request, God gave him so much more than wisdom, so wealth. And he led the nation of Israel well for a while. Unfortunately, at the end of his life, he listened to his wives and he thought he was big stuff again. He thought he knew it all. And that's what brought his downfall. A learner doesn't know it all. It's having faith like a child. And there's a song called Faith Child. Uh, Sounds of Rain sings it. And I would just like to read the lyrics at this time. Having faith like a child. Have faith, child. Grow in love and hope a while. Set your mind on things above. When I was just a little child, I thought 
just like a simple little child. But now that I've become a man, I still can't seem to understand your love for me. When I look into the mirror, it is dim. Now I want to see you clearer. For I know that when I see your face, then I'll fully understand your grace and your love for me. I'm just a little child, and I think like a simple little child. But when I grow up to be a man, I just want to fully understand your love for me. Have faith, child. Grow in love. Hope a while. Set your mind on things above. Have faith like a child. A learner recognizes he doesn't know it all and sees himself as a little child. And when he sees himself as a little child, he's continually wanting to find out more. Because when we do catch those glimpses of Jesus, we see his grace and his love for us. That's the first parts of a learner. Secondly, a learner listens. We've heard it before, there's two ears, only one mouth. Be slow to speak. A learner listens. Turn with me to Job, Job 32. And while you're turning there, we know the story of Job. He was at a place of ultimate wealth. And God takes that away from him. Question, actually trivia question before I get started. How many friends talk to Job? See if anybody's brave to answer. Four? You're right on. You're better than me. When I think of the story of Job, I think of the three friends, first of all, who came to him. The fourth friend who knew Job was the man who listened. Job 1 to 31, we're not going to take the time to go through it, but is Job losing everything, his servants coming and telling him that, and then we have Eliaphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, three friends, come to sit beside him. Hey, Job, we're here. We're going to help you through it. And as they sit there discussing, trying to figure out why Job is at the place that he is, what's their summary? Job, you sinned. You've got to repent. That's the only reason this all happened. And there, I tell you what, take some time and read through it. They go back and forth. Job, and then all his three friends take turns. Then we get to chapter 32. I'm going to jump in here reading at verse 1. So these three men ceased to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Because Job had a little pride issue here. He said, no, I'm all good. Then was kindled the wrath of Elihu, the son of Barakul, the Buzite, and the kindred of Ram. Against Job was his wrath kindled because he justified himself rather than God. Job was saying he knew more than God. Also against his three friends was his wrath kindled because they found no answer and yet had condemned Job. Now Elihu had waited till Job had spoken because they were elder than he. When Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of these three men, then his wrath was kindled. So up until now, Elihu is just sitting there, taking it all in, listening, listening, listening. 
And I'm not going to take the time, but continue reading through chapter 32, 33, 34. Elihu points to Job's pride. He points to the three friends and their condemning spirit that they had against Job. And he points them all to God. God knows the plan through all of this. And then in chapter 35, uh, 36, 37 is where God finally comes to Job in a whirlwind. Uh, so Elihu was the transition into God speaking truth to the situation. And what do we see here from Elihu? He was a learner. He held his peace. He wasn't quick to talk. He listened. A learner understands that he doesn't know it all. And when, especially when he is in the presence of knowledge and wisdom, he listens. Instead of defending or giving his own opinion, a learner listens. When we listen, we understand the context. We understand, we hear out what people are going through. And when he did speak, he spoke truth in love. That was very pointed. But he was able to get there because he listened. A learner listens. And not only do we listen to others, but we listen to God. A learner sits and meditates and listens to what God is trying to show him through the Bible, through others, whatever it is, through prayer. A learner listens. That's number two. Number three, a learner filters information okay so not everything you listen or hear is worthwhile repeating or is it true that's the question and in the age we live in there's a culture of information learners don't act on a whim they try the spirits first john chapter four talks about trying the spirits now, I'm not going to spend much time on this because I think that's where we're going to next. Uh, Leon's working through 1 John, so be excited for that. Chapter 4, trying the spirits, filtering out the information that is bombarding us. What is truth? Philippians 4.8 says, think only on whatever things are honest, just, pure, lovely, good report. That's what we need to keep. So a learner learns to filter the information that comes in, comparing it with the Word of God, comparing it with God speaking to us. That's number three. A learner filters information. Number four, a learner reflects. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 25. So this week, uh, in our math class at school, we're working through some algebra stuff, so equations. Anybody like equations or algebra here? I do. I enjoy it. And some of my, sometimes my students don't find it too enjoyable. So this week, we took a day aside from the normal lesson, and we spent a whole worksheet on working at equations. Repetition. I wanted to keep repeating it and repeating it so we can understand. The same goes when we go through life. If we don't take time to step back and reflect on what we're learning, it's going to go in one ear, out the other. Or we're going to go through one circumstance and we're going to soon forget about it. That's, that's life. 
We're humans. But if we can stop and reflect on what we learned, that's when change can happen. And in Psalm 25, David is crying out to God. And really, the book of Psalms is David's reflections on what he was facing in life. Let me read Psalm 25. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have ever been of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions, according to thy mercy. Verse 8, good and upright is the Lord. Nine, the meek will he guide. Verse 10, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. And he continues down through the chapter, recognizing the things that God does for him. All the book of Psalms is David reflecting on what he is facing in life. And do you know what description is given to David? A man after God's own heart, right? We know that. I think this points to the fact that he reflected on the things that he was learning and facing in life, and that caused him to think on God. Because he was learning through those circumstances. He was seeing God move through those different things. We need to take time for reflection. We need to take a step back and ask, so what, is, what did God teach me? Yesterday, Or what is he trying to teach me? Should I be learning anything through this? In Psalm 29, there, or Psalm 25, there is a song that goes to it that we are familiar with, Unto the O Lord. And I would like us to sing it at this time. And as we sing, just reflect. Unto the O Lord, we're lifting up our soul, our life. And reflect on maybe the past couple days. What is God teaching us? So uh, let's sing the three verses of that. Unto thee, O Lord. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed, and show me thy ways, O Lord. The men lead out, ladies with the echo. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Show me the 
power of reflection. When we reflect, that's when we can learn from the things we are facing. If we truly believe God's ways are higher, like we saw in Isaiah 55, God's ways are higher than our ways. His paths are bigger than we can understand. If we understand that, we will see him working through the different things that happen in life. The good things, reflect on the good things that happen. What can I learn? How can I see God working through it? The bad, or no, the hard things that come up. How can I see God working through it? And when we can look at the hard things as God trying to teach us something, then we can be optimistic about it and realize, oh, this isn't so bad. Because oftentimes when the hard things happen, I tend to get pretty discouraged. But if we can see God working, we can learn a lesson from it. Life is busy. We're going from one thing to the next. And Satan doesn't want us to think about what we can learn from given situations. He wants us to just keep plodding along. Or he wants us to get discouraged. Does God care? But God wants to show us what, we're, what we can learn through the things that come our way. Take time to reflect. And I think this should be a vital part of our daily devotions. This is speaking to me this week. Taking the time every morning, oh, what, what did I learn yesterday? How can I apply that to today? Maybe it's journaling. I'm not a journaler. I know some are, but getting your thoughts on paper, reflecting, is where we can learn. It helps us set goals for practicing what we learn. Otherwise, we forget. Helps us make application. So a learner doesn't know everything. A learner listens. A learner filters out information. And a learner reflects. What is God teaching me? Now, a word of caution. I make it sound like in every area of life we should be looking for something that God is trying to show us. I think we should. I think God has a purpose for everything. But don't take it to an extreme and be so worried about every little detail of life what God is showing us. We can't put God in a box. Sometimes we won't understand we, won't, we might not see the purpose behind given situations. But when we pursue, when we ask God, what can you show me? That's when he'll give us a glimpse into his plan for us. Sometimes we tend to put a box in, uh, God in a box, and there's a term called transactional thinking. Thinking that if we do something, we're going to get something in return. If I pray, oh, I'm saved for eternity. Or I read the Bible and pray every day, so God's going to look out after me. Or I attend church. That shows that I'm right with God. Or I give 10% to tithe, and I'm going to reap great material blessings. While that is true, God works in mysterious ways. And even though those are essential parts of the Christian life, sometimes it doesn't always happen the way we envision. But that's what the learning process of life is about. God showing us his love, his mercy for us. So, my question, what did you learn this week? As you look back, did you learn anything? 
Was there times where you didn't know everything? Was there times when you should have listened? Was there times when you should have filtered out some information? Are you reflecting on how God is working in your life? And when we reflect, that puts us in the place to speak life when we come into contact with people. Unplanned conversations. This week my neighbor came over and I was, had some things to get done and he stayed and chatted for an hour. And I, I, I struggled through that all. But you know what? I, learned, I could learn something through that. Forming a relationship with my neighbor. Learning to pursue him. I learned. What is God showing you this week? This, this message was inspired uh, out of some happenings that happened to us Friday. I'm going to share a little bit of our story. We headed to uh, New Jersey to look at a minivan. We were 10 minutes away from the dealer. And our truck tranny, my dad's truck tranny, decided to quit. So I quickly called an Uber. We had an appointment to meet this minivan, and I wanted to get there to make sure we got the deal. And we got an Uber. We made it over with our two little girls and looked at the minivan. We ended up purchasing it and went back to deal with the truck. We got there two hours later, and the truck is gone. I said, oh, boy. So I called Dad, and we contacted the police, and I ended up at the police barracks because it was impounded. I thought you have 24 hours to remove a vehicle from the roadway, not in New Jersey. They'll remove it right away, so call a tow truck. I've learned that lesson. So I'm sitting there in the police, in the police barracks at about 10 o'clock, from about 10 o'clock to 10.45 in the evening, trying to get the release paper so we can get it towed home from the towing company. And I'm sitting there, I said, why, God? <laughs> this nice, good deal in the minivan's not turning out so nice after all. And I'm sitting there. I was starting to uh, form some pretty harsh opinions against New Jersey and the police department. And as I'm sitting there, the door opens up and a young gentleman comes storming out, half-dressed with a brown paper bag, and is muttering about, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. He's filled in some unnecessary words about the police. And he continued to get dressed and headed out. He was not in a happy mood. And I think, well, that was kind of my feelings towards the police as well. But then I got to thinking. I stopped. All I could do was sit there and look at the brick wall. I kind of almost felt like I was in a prison. I said, you know what? These police are here to help. They're not out here to get us. They're here to help. And I needed that young man to show me that. My attitude was getting pretty sour. But I, I did something against the law. Anyway, through the whole experience, I saw God working. And I started to form a more optimistic outlook on the whole adventure. Otherwise, it was getting pretty sour. I say that to say, look for the things that happen to you in life and what can you learn from it. If we don't learn, we get sour. We get pessimistic. But if we can look at things like the happenings that occur and say, God, I see you working. Sometimes we won't fully understand. But if we have faith like a child, he's going to show us your love, his love. We need to take time to learn because of the busyness of life. It's going to distract us. Satan wasn't, doesn't want us to think about that. And I'm going to go back in closing to that verse in Matthew 11, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn. 
Jesus wants us to learn. We don't know everything. He wants us to listen, filter out the unnecessary information, and reflect on what God is showing us. So I have a homework assignment for you. Sorry, Tristan, just because it's Sunday, I'm picking on you this morning. Doesn't mean you get by. Homework assignment is, as you leave here this morning, tell somebody what, something you faced this week, or maybe something God showed you. That's how we can be an inspiration to others. What can we learn from the things that we face in life? Let's all stand. We will pray. And after the closing prayer, we'll have a verse of song, and you can consider yourselves dismissed. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we trust you are a good God. We know you are a good God. And we sang those songs, you are alive. We love you. That's why we serve you. And this morning, we were reminded to be a learner as we go through life. We don't have everything figured out. We need to listen. And help us, dear Lord, to reflect on the things that we face and look for ways that we can be drawn to you. Look for ways that you are speaking to us through the everyday happenings of life. May we go from here with a learning spirit, looking to you for your love and mercy. Take us as we go from here. Be with us this week. Help us to be a light for you. In Jesus' name, amen.